Good evening, everyone, or good afternoon, I really should say. This is Joe Montana. This is the Arthur's Quill. You know it's a new show. Only its second show last week. We debuted. Wolf Moon was out here howling at the moon. He was supposed to be with us last night, but there was a communication glitch, but we'll have him back soon. Uh, there's been a lot of weirdness going on. That's all I can tell you. You know, it's the holidays, people. First off, look, people, when you drive your car, it's not supposed to be doing this, Okay. It's supposed to be doing this. No, I'm serious now, people, because I drive back and forth from New Orleans. I commute every day about an hour and a half. And I've been watching. And you, these people are drunk. A lot of this is early in the morning, afternoons. No, 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 no. They're, they're, they're this. They're doing this. And trying to watch the road in their cars. <laughs> you know, little things on the side of the road that make noise. I'm thinking, yeah, y'all going to get us all killed. And, you know, we're all doing 80 because nobody obeys the freaking speed limit. Oh, I, I, no, I'm sorry, sir. I do 70. The rest of the people do 80, and just in case. But in case my insurance company's listening or something. Because I do know a couple of them girls over there listen. Um, it's, it's, it's just weird. And then people are such gripey, pissy, cranky moods right now. This is, I'm going to call this the cranky Christmas. Um, I mean, everybody really wants the holiday. You can tell that people decorate and they're spending money. And then there's the other problem. So I'm listening to NBC the other night, which is just like painful for me. But anyway, uh, Fox and NBC are just painful for me to listen to. But anyway, I'm listening to them and they're talking about all oh, these malls are full and Walmart's full and Target. So I said, okay, cool. I won't go in there. So I had to go to Walmart for something, something from a barbecue pit. It's about half empty. I'm like, okay, they're, like, they're going to be waiting for hours. I was in and out in less than 15 minutes. I was like, Okay, so I said, you know what? So I ran by Best Buy because you Best Buy, she's got a line around. Nope. I was like, now, I, I'm now. Granted, I'm in Mississippi, I'm in Biloxi, and in, in, in Gulfport, so there's not as big a group of people here. But still, they're poorer people here, so you think they would be out out for the deals. So a friend of mine said, well, "What's going on?" And when I talked to other friends of mine, they're out and about. Said, "No, Joe, the crowds ain't what they're saying they are." So now people have gone to like they always do, taking pictures and posting them on the internet of the crowds not being what they said they're going to be. Now, I don't even know why they lie about it because we know what everybody's doing. Everybody's going, they're going, oh, Amazon. Oh, Amazon. Oh, Amazon. Oh, wait, eBay. Oh, wait, Best Buy. Oh, wait. I mean, unless you want to physically get the product in your hand that day, there's really no reason to shop these stores. I mean, matter of fact, a lot of times you get better deals online than you do in the store. Um, I don't know. It's a shame. I mean, I'm going to miss all the brick and mortar stores when they're going. I'm, I'm going to be crying like a baby, but I, What's my favorite store to shop in? I, I can't tell you that, man. I have fans. They might show up at my store or something. No, I can't. I can't tell you all that. No, I can't. I can't because I don't know what it is, really. Walmart. No, Walmart's like the least favorite store I go in. I'm not even going to lie. I like nice things. Yes. I, unfortunately, I'm poor, but I still like nice things. Anyway, we have Sean Patrick Aslett with us tonight. Sean and I have talked a few times over the years, and we, we've had some interesting conversations. Uh, I know um, Carmen's trying to drag him on UFO on the cover with us, so we're getting some really weird stuff on that. But tonight, I mean, we brought him on tonight. He is an author. Uh, I think he's an author. Maybe he's an illustrator. No, I'm just teasing. He's an author. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Good to see you again, Joe. Uh, good to see you, too. So uh, uh, 2017 winner, right? That uh, was Writers of the Future. Writers of the Future. But we, uh, we talked – Oh yeah, many Multiple times. times. Oh yeah, yeah many yeah. times. Yeah, no, no I like talking to you. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a lot of fun to yeah. talk to. Um, what do you mean, Christopher? Well, no, some <laughs> you're gonna get me in trouble, Chris. Stop it. Um, so I've learned some things, you know, talking to a lot of authors and illustrators, and, and it's really weird when you meet authors 
when they're young, they're really, most of them are, are very, very outgoing. Uh, they don't, they, well, let me rephrase. They're about half of them outgoing. So half are inverts, the other half are experts. But the the illustrators, when they're young, are all inverts. <laughs> they're just, they're, <laughs> like, they're just like, well, you know, I, I, they're expressing themselves throughout. But I noticed most, in, and, and it's weird because a lot of the authors I meet, especially at Writers of the Future, most of them are in their mid-30s, maybe mid-30s to higher 30s. Mm-hmm. There's a few younger, there's a few older, but there seems to be that group in there that are in their thirties. Um, you know, most of them have, you know, already been through life or been living life and now are authors. And, and even if they've been working at the author business the whole time, it's still, you know, they've also had other things that they had to be doing jobs, careers, military. Uh, what do you mean, Christopher? Yeah. People in the military, right? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just going to let that slide. That was just ignorant. No, really, people. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't matter what you are in life, if you have the talent or you have the will. In my case, it'll be will. In his case, it's talent. Um, you know, you can write. Get out there and write. I tell people all the time: go to Writers of the Future, take the take the course. It'll help you out. Uh, and there, well, I can tell you this: if you win, I mean, truly, if you win, you're going to learn stuff you're not going to learn anywhere else because you get to work with the greats, man. But you know what? The, the greats are not as talkative as the younger ones are. <laughs> well, okay, that's okay. I, I'm getting myself in trouble here. That's true and not true, okay? Uh, when they're teaching or on stage, they're, when they get off stage, you get quiet for some reason. Mm, a little, little, little inverted. But the other hand, the illustrators, especially the ones over 35 or 40, ooh, they chatty, chatty, chatty. <laughs> Uh, I know like um, Echo and Tom, they're a lot of fun to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, y'all, the only way you can tell y'all is if y'all actually meet the people. No, they're a lot of fun to hang out with. But anyway, Sean, what you been up to? Where you been hiding out at? You been writing? Just chilling? Oh, man. I've been doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So I have my third anthology coming out. It's called Weird World War it's China. Oh, China. Oh, oh, because we talked about oh. three last time. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, so when Weird World War Three came out, it's an anthology about twenty stories about what would it be like if the U.S. got into war with Russia, kind of with some weird, and that came out in twenty twenty, and then you know, you know, as you know, Putin invaded Putin invaded <laughs> Ukraine, and now Ukraine's invading Russia. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm that was bad on my part. Badger, you know you like poo behaves. Don't get in trouble. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would. It's it's uh, it's a little it's a little disturbing that that kind of pre, like yeah. presaged the uh, invasion of Ukraine and basically proxy war between the U.S. and Russia. Well, now I got yeah. one about China coming out, so uh, that'll be out January second. You can pre-order it now on Amazon, but. It is about what if the United States got into a war, kind of World War Three with China, and what would happen? And you know, it was a bunch of different short stories, and I definitely hope folks check it out because that could be the next shoe to drop. First, we got mm-hmm. Russia and Ukraine, then we got Israel and Gaza, and now you know. Uh, what do you mean, I, J- Jimmy? J- no, no, he's what's what he's telling. No, it's not out yet. So he's got the other one out. We were. we're Weird War Three. Damn, it's tongue tied. <laughs> it's out, and you can get it. And uh, we talked about it the last one. He's just telling you that's the one about Russia. This one's going to be about uh, China. Well, yes, China's communist. Red China. It's, we can't help they're communists. We didn't make them that way. Uh, well, I guess you could say we did make. It might have been a reaction test. Who knows? 
But anyway, go pre-order it now. That way, when it comes out, no, he can't tell you about the whole book. Then you're not going to want to read it. <laughs> I mean, what? What? I can see this is going to be an ornery crowd to new. Shouldn't y'all be out Christmas shopping or something? Just <laughs> it's Saturday, a couple of quick weeks before Christmas. Shouldn't y'all be out Christmas? Oh, that's right. We're giving away lightsabers. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, we gave away a Kylo Ren lightsaber. It was eleven hundred and ninety nine dollars last night. Yes, the gentleman donated to the beautiful lightsabers. Right, yeah, Tom. All the sound effects and little side blades come out. Got the top blades. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's 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 no, we're giving away tonight. We're giving away actually. Um, not Luke Skywalker, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber. That's what we're giving away tonight. Mm-hmm. Later in the show, not right now. Not, not right now. <laughs> second hour. Second hour, people. Yeah, about mid-second hour. Somewhere we'll take a break and then we'll come back and we'll, and we'll do a, um, we'll give away a lightsaber. The Obi-Wan's, I think, are around $600 or $700, yeah, if you buy it. They're expensive. I don't know why they're so expensive, but they're expensive. I think on the ones where the hilts are designed like the ones from the movies, they probably have to pay copyright on that. That's probably why they cost more expensive and more expensive. Because ones like these, let me show you right quick. See, ones like these, there you go. See, these I think are about, he, this was a present, but uh, from the owner, but I think he said this one was like $100 or $150. And uh, it don't have no sound effects. I wish it did. I gotta do my own sound. <laughs> ah, let me kill you. You know, anyway. Um, but these, I think, are a little bit cheaper. And we're all gonna give away a couple of those later in the year. All I'm gonna have sound effects. So this he just gave me because it was there and it was bugging. I like the hilt on it. Uh, also, too, if you can tell, let me show y'all. That's a fighting blade. So if you if you want to join the contest and go fight with your other lightsaber owners, you can. Uh, so I'm gonna tell you when they come. He's gonna. He's actually gonna send you an email. They come with a glass blade. That's how they're made. The glass blades are not made for banging on anything. Okay, nothing. Trust me. If I'd had a glass blade, it would have already been broke like nine times already. Probably more than that. Shit. The first night I had it, my Chihuahua. She was in a hotel room when I got her, and I turned it on. She flipped out, tried to eat it, knocked it over three, four times. <laughs> she said, "Dad, it does not belong here. Whatever the hell this thing is." Uh, so I'm just telling you. So I mean, if if you're gonna put it up on a wall and hang it somewhere, you want the glass blade, that's fine. But I would recommend getting a fighting blade. Is what I would do. See, Sean would need a fighting blade because he see he's probably like me. I ambush my stepdaughter when she comes over, coming out of the room, and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it got so bad she went and bought one of her own. <laughs> friends will come up. Hey, what are you doing? I'm gonna kill you. I am not your father. <laughs> anyway, you know they they're they're fun. They're, that's what they're for. No, they're, they're for having fun. You don't have to stick them all unless you want to. It's not like my sword collection I have. Yeah, it's not like that. You, no, it's not in this room. It's in another room. No, it's in, actually in the hallways. Mm-hmm. Well, because it, I don't know. It's where the wife wanted it. <laughs> you know how that shit goes, man. Are you arguing with her about it? No, it's just, it was it was too much for this one. There's already too much stuff in this. So anyway, getting back to the idea, I'll stop being distracting tonight. We're trying to speak here. I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to send Sean. Sean's married to a voodoo priestess. Y'all better watch it out. And uh, she will take one of them dolls and mm-hmm, y'all, I don't know. It's worse than alien probing out here. I'm just saying, people. It's worse. Sean's like, don't get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm taking the fifth on this one. Yeah, it creates quite the picture. Oh, quite the picture Lord. in your head. Yes, yes, people. Um, 
No, actually, Sean is a lot of fun. I mean, you know, he's um, it's it's hard to explain when you meet different authors and different illustrators. Some are very just. I don't know. I can't find the word I'm looking for, but they're they're just they're just very. That's all I can say. And some are much more fun than others. They really are more open. Uh, they want to get out and learn. They they ask. So when you attend these classes, and you can tell. Uh, you'll be a lot of this to this, what, 12 winners. Well, some the first year I went, there was right. 24 winners, but, but regardless, there's usually 12, 12 winners. So there's 12 people in the class plus maybe one or two other people. And then some people from uh, writers of the future. And then, and then of course the judges and they're all, and they're all talking and you can really tell first off, no, it's not because they get on the front row because the troublemakers usually get in the middle or somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> they some get on the front row, but, but they ask a lot more questions is what it comes down to. Um, this past year, I didn't see as much of this. Everybody seemed to be way more withdrawn. It was hard to get interviews. Everybody was scared to talk. I, I don't, I never, you know, this, this particular, plus it was a busy, busy group. They had them no breaks. It was back to back flipping, uh, six thirty to five because they had too many judges is what it was. Uh, so, it, and it makes it hard. I mean, I told John, if you're going to do it again this year, just, you know, I'll just stay at home because really, uh, I'm not getting that many interviews. It's uh, I, so we've actually, I got, uh, um, Carmen actually booking interviews in advance. Uh, so it's not as, it's not as big a pain in the ass when I get there. No, I got to the Raiders and Futures every year guys and, and go meet everybody and say, I want to meet, I want to meet the people who are going to be the billionaires in the future from writing movies. No, no, we're not going to, we're not talking about Disney tonight. No, no, because Disney is, is, is no, <laughs> we're not, we'll say that for the news. Okay. Because Disney is, Disney is Disney. I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, they're not. They're not the company I grew up with. It's not that they're horrible or misleading. I mean, they do do some stuff that's questionable, but it's it's just it, it, the overall quality of the movies. Even though the graphics are great, the actors are well paid. It, it just I don't know. It just doesn't feel like those movies that went before. The ones that came before. Maybe it's just me, but I've talked to a lot of people. It doesn't seem to be an age thing. It just seems to be that most people don't seem to feel that. I think Disney's taking too many venues on. I mean, shit, they bought out everybody. I mean, if they could get their hands on Star Trek, they would. <laughs> Let's just be honest about it. I mean, they own Star Wars. How many how many shoot shoot offs of Star Wars? That's what you should do, Sean. See from your books, you should have them little offshoots like Star Wars does. Oh, well, first, mean, first they got to take off, right? First, you got to get a lot of people buying it. Well, but that's yeah. true. That's true. But you know, yeah, you get a franchise, and you know, you start getting success in that franchise, you never let it go. What do you mean? You just Jimmy, Jimmy says you just like to see shit blown up. That's why you write about wars, <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> okay, first off, you might be right, but that was rude, man. <laughs> I mean, look, he's not, he's not wrong. You know, I used to be a tanker, yeah. right? I used yeah, to be, there you, you go. Know, yeah, I used to be an armor officer, so. Oh, yeah, it was fun while job. it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, it was that a had fun to be job. a fun job. I know when I used to get on a flight deck in a Nimitz, I was like, "Yeah!" <laughs> <Then> my, <laughs> I remember my commander tells me, he said, "You like this? You're way too enthusiastic for this job." He said, "You know, most people come out here, they're worried about dying or getting killed." He said, "You're like, no, I." Because I said, "You know why?" He said, "Why?" I said, I "Never one time thought I'm going to die out here." He's like, "Why?" I said, "Because it's it's not. I'm just telling you, it's not the place I'm going to go." It'll be somewhere else besides. I loved it. It was great, man. I mean, you know, I had the whole flight deck. I was in charge of the whole flight deck, including pilots. They even had to listen to what I was doing. So, you know, I was out there in charge of everybody. But I will say this about them. They only let us stay on usually four or five hours, and they would switch 
uh, PCs, which mm-hmm. are plane captains, uh, every couple of hours because it does get taxing after a while. Uh, you're out and it starts the vibrations and the noise starts mm-hmm. to wear in your head after a while. But oh no, I've seen some hairy. I've seen one, one, I've seen an F 18 fly into the side of the Nimitz Condon Tower. Just bah! thank God all its, all, all its weapons were uh, not armed. <laughs> Because it just smashed into the side of it. I've seen three different planes get rolled over by the carrier. They would come off and stall and, and just nosedive down. Most, I think four of the pilots survived, two of them they didn't. But um, you would see like a shoot come over the deck oh, wow. <laughs> as the carrier's going by. And you're thinking, oh, shit, is this guy going to make it past the props? Um, I think oh, it's crazy man. out there, man. It, it, you know, but. They want, to, they want to simulate battle conditions. They want your brain where it needs to be in case somebody decides to blow something up. I know when them stupid Iranian jets flew over to Nimitz that time, it was like, really? You cannot be that stupid, right? It was, it was, it was like, it was planes everywhere. I was, like, I was like, oh, my God. They're going to start World War Three out here for sure. I mean, the captain was like, well, let me teach these guys a lesson. Plus, I mean, we always have some in the air. They always did. Somebody was always somewhere in the air. People carriers when they're moving, there's usually jets flying around. They don't, they don't, you don't, they don't tell you they're out there. They're not <laughs> advertising, especially these days. F-35s are stealthy, so they're just hovering around, flying around, uh, and the carrier's just doing its thing. Well, that's in case somebody gets stupid and runs up with like a PT boat or something. <laughs> it's it's just part of being in the service. Oh, what's that, Stephanie? Uh, oh, well, we're going to, we, well, we've, I've asked him this question a hundred million times, but since this is a new show and new audience, uh, Stephanie wants to know what it is that made you decide that you could write. Not see these people are rude today. Not that you could be an author, but what made you think you could write? <laughs> like Stephanie, I mean, that's just rude. Uh, anyway, well, that's a, no, that's a fair question, right? Um, yeah, if you have stories to tell, if you have, you know, something, a unique perspective you have that other people might not. And, Sometimes it's just bottled up. You got to get it out. And one way to get it out is on paper. And then you just do that over and over and over again, rinse and repeat, and you get better at it. And that's kind of one of the, I think, things that the Writers of the Future contest does really well is for people who are complete unknowns, they have a contest where anybody can enter. You can enter four times a year um, and you can keep entering until you win. And it just kind of forces you to get on a schedule and to write a story, at least one story every quarter. And you just get better. The more practice that you have, you just get better. And because it's anonymous, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're chosen on the quality of solely on the quality of your writing. Right. Uh, Helen, what he means by anonymous is um, the judges. So they're sent in, they get a number. Uh, so they assign a number to all the, all the people who write, who, all the winners who they get a number assigned to them. Well, all the people that submit and get a number assigned to them. So if a judge decides, okay, we like them, then they have to send it back to um, Joni. Joni has to find the name, to, to the number to match to the name that's in the computer. The judges, never they don't know if you're male, female, black, white. They don't know anything. All they get is the story. Now, I imagine some judges, because they've been writers a long time, can probably tell if it's a male or a female, right? I mean, a real good one might be, because I've heard a couple of them talking. Oh, I knew it was a guy because of certain things they did. Uh, and and <laughs> no, believe it or not, women might blow them up shit too, my friend, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've read some of these stories. Now, you got to remember some writers. If you've, you can't, there's no blood and guts. There's no heavy sex of any kind. 
Oh, there's there's some panting here and there, but there's no nothing nothing. Just remember, just think PG thirteen. That's what you got to think. Well, all so I find all the stories non-offensive, but yet very entertaining. Figure that one out. Okay, when yeah, I, I grew up, okay. I think the story that I had that one probably got as close to the edge as you can get, <laughs> but it was, you know, it was very like clean writing, you know, no, no profanity, nothing like that. Yeah. But it was a dark, dark story. I know. I noticed they, they can, they'll let you go kind of dark. I mean, some of the other stories I've yeah. written, I've, I've written, written, sorry. I've written, I've written, damn, what is with my English tonight? I have read the 10 books behind me in this collection right here, guys, which I've seen in the collector's set. And I read another 10 before. I think I'm on like book 26, book 25, something like that. And um, again, the stories are entertaining. Some of them can be dark. Uh, not, I mean, not dark like, you know, some of the stuff you see on television these days. But I, I, what amazes me is I can enjoy the stories as much as I do. Not have to see stuff getting blown up. Not to have to hear about sex and blood and guts. And and for, fortunately for me, I grew up with some of this kind of stuff when I was a kid. A lot of television when I was growing up was, um, well, they were real strict back then. No, it was not Beaver Cleaver. That's before my time, butthead. Uh, I know I'm old, but damn, I'm not that old. She, not that I didn't see Beaver Cleaver on TV from time to time or, or the Martian guy or any of the rest of them because they did come out reruns. What, Jack Eagles? How old the hell do you think I am? <laughs> I mean, my look, guys, am I looking at bad tonight? Oh, because I'm not wearing a tie. Is that what the problem is? Um, man, you best go home with yourself. You fixing to get evicted out of the, the messenger box. <laughs> I'm telling you what. By the way, guys and girls, if you would like Sean to see what you're typing, just pop into. We are in four, five Facebook pages tonight, two YouTube pages. And of course, if you're on Roku television to watch this, and by the way, Next week, we will be on Prime Television. So you will be able to look on your Prime thing and say, oh, my God, there's Joe. Oh, there's Sean. Look, he's on Prime. Um, I'm, no, I'm serious. We're going to be on Prime. Yeah. Well, we're on Roku. Roku's actually on Prime. Or Prime's on Roku. I should have got that backwards. Yeah, Roku is like a, um, they're a channel, but they're also – um, I forgot how what you call but they they hold all the other channels. Yeah, Hulu's there and all, all of them are there. Yeah, so no, we're going to be in both eventually. I told you eventually we'll be in Apple TV and we'll be on Samsung television and then we'll be in web television. Young and well, we sexy. You see the two of us? We sexy guys. If we were walking down the street and we're going, God damn, look at these two. Holy mo. I'll tell y'all what. I'm going to tell y'all a little secret. I took out Chris, me and Chris, he's the Australian guy, Mr. Blue Eyes. And, uh, and we brought three other, we brought two people from the UK and one somebody else from America. And we went drinking in Los Angeles. And I didn't pay for one drink. And there was – okay, anyway, there's just a lot of presents being given to us. First off, they, people are like, you're from New Orleans? Oh, my God. So I was getting all kind of freebies. I told him he was from Australia. And then, then then I told the other two from the UK. It was like, oh, man, because, you know, everybody had an accent. Everybody was talking. They were setting stuff on the table. I can't even tell you all what. It's, most of that stuff I don't do because I'm old. And still, <laughs> it was crazy. Um what do you mean dates? Yeah, but I, you know, I can't do that. Shame on you, Elizabeth. Sean can do that. I can't do that. No, no, I'm a married man. I'm a married man. <laughs> no, I have two wives. Yes. And a mistress. You can never have too many. No, I'm just kidding. Before anybody starts. <laughs> I was just teasing. Oh, Lord. Yeah, sometimes I should not come on the radio. I can tell. Anyway, um, so get, so, so what what is it 
so I mean, I know you've been watching the geopolitical environment because there's so much crap going mm-hmm. on on the planet for the last couple of years. So, so I mean, the Russia thing did pretty good. So what was it? It just you just decide, okay, well, Russia's over here. We're going to go check out China now. Because really, I mean, it's hard to say if Russia's number two or if China's number two right now. I mean, after the ass whooping that, that they're getting from the Ukraine, I, I feel that Russia is more smoke and, and mirrors than they are actually got teeth. And don't get me wrong, Russia. I know that y'all have troops all up and down the border, all across the NATO countries. But still, you're letting an actor kick your you-know-what. <laughs> I'm losing respect, man. I'm just saying, you know, I was all for Mr. Putin riding on his horse shirtless and stuff. And and then all of a sudden, oh, and he's also friended up to Kim Jong-un. That also puts him on my bad side. But anyway, so what was it? I mean, so you said, okay, I'm just going to write this. Or just was it the next logical conclusion? To yeah, it's just the next was? logical conclusion, right? I mean, yeah. if, if Xi were going to go and take Taiwan – Next year would be the year. Ooh, we got inflation going on here. We got, you know, two wars that we're supplying weapons he, for. Yes, and you're right because this would really right now would be the time because what's his name's not really that strong, and uh, the other guy uh, who's going to probably be president, but from prison, never had a president <laughs> from prison before. But hey, what do you mean, Bobby? You want me to tell you what's going to happen? He's going to win the election because right now he's eight points ahead of Biden in almost every poll. Uh, he's 60 points ahead of DeSantis. Nobody's even in his room. Plus, Kennedy's going to run as an independent, which is going to pull at least 17% of the vote from Biden. No Democrats winning this election. Uh, so Trump's going to be in prison. He's going to win the presidency. He's going to pardon himself and move to the White House. Um, yes, he most certainly can, actually. Yes, he can pardon himself. I know it's not – he shouldn't do it, but actually, I think what's really going to happen is um, – He's going to win and lose some of these. They're going to go to appeal, and they'll be in P- at appeal when the when the election happens. As long as nothing crazy happens, he'll probably win. Uh, it'll be four years by the time the statute of limitations will be up in the rest of these cases, and that'll be the end of that. Uh, it's kind of like the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden thing. It's just, you know, what can you do? That's your next book needs to be about. <laughs> but wait till they get out of office, because I want nothing to happen to you, man. <laughs> so wait, wait. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't want- things things still happen to people, you know, after the Clintons, right? Like, no, it wasn't. Ask, ask Mr. Oh, Jesus, oh, the, the Clinton murder clan, man. Uh, Denise, yeah, so no, he's, I- he's being serious because there are one hundred. They argue about this one hundred twenty-two to one hundred forty-four murders that are accredited to Hillary Clinton, not to Bill, to Hillary. And everybody's like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. And there's there's a lot of circumstantial evidence. Like with um the Sean guy. Um, oh, what was his name? Damn, he's famous too. Anyway, he was working for Bernie Sanders, helping Bernie. And Bernie Sanders is making progress. So Hillary offered him a job. He he turned him down and said, no, I want to stay with Bernie. He was found three days later, dead, laying on a sidewalk, face down, wallet, jewelry, everything still on him, shot in the back of the head with no blood around where he was which means he was killed somewhere and dumped um, at that spot. So I'm not, you know, yeah, maybe we're hearing, but, but who would do that? It's assassination style. This guy was just a, a guy who worked for Bernie Sanders. Uh, Seth, I can't, Seth, I can't remember his last name, but it's Seth somebody. And uh, yeah, I mean, he was known because he worked for Bernie. And sure enough, I mean... There was, in other words, there was no logical reason for anybody to have killed this guy. He was not offensive. He wasn't out hurting anybody, other than you know he helping Bernie catch up to to Hillary. That was it. 
And nobody took anything off of And nobody took anything. And he had a good bit of money in credit cards. And for an understanding, he had some really nice jewelry on him too. So, and the fact that there was no blood speaks volumes. Um, I don't know. But there was more, way more than that. Of course, when there was, what was it? uh, Not Flower Gate. What was it called? Pizza Gate or not Pizza Gate. Anyway, it was one of them gates. And uh, there was like seven people died. And then... They had her on something from uh, Arkansas. They had her. And the two people who were going to testify, one died of a heart attack the night before testifying. One had a heart attack the day going into court to testify. And neither one had had previous heart problems, by the way. See, Sean could write about that, but then (laughs) Sean might disappear. Yeah, I wouldn't touch that. I wouldn't (laughs) touch any of that. No way. That's, That's just dangerous stuff, people. Yeah. I'd be scared of Hillary. You know, I used to like Hillary. I, I actually at one point said I would vote for Hillary for president, but after watching her uh, with 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 that stuff with uh, Benghazi and some of the other stuff, and then with Trump, I realized she's way more evil than we think she is. And, uh, why do you think? Why do you think Bill never says anything? He don't want to get on her <laughs> on her hit list. You talking yeah, about who? Her lover was Huma Adin, or still is Huma Adin. That was Wiener's wife. And where I have the Wiener? What happened? I think he where finally is- got out of jail. He only went to jail for a couple of years for for sex in that sixteen year old. And um, the bad part is, you know, if he'd asked a girl and she would have said she was like twenty or thirty, he probably wouldn't have went to jail. But he knew she was like fifteen. So, mm-hmm. no, he was set up, guys. What are you talking about? No, no, no. They had already, him and the wife had been having problems for a while. She'd been hanging out with Hillary all the time with Cheryl Mills, Huma Adin, and Hillary Clinton were all just best buddies. And then um, all of a sudden, well, there's way weirder stuff than that. They were in Saudi Arabia, and Huma left a, a laptop with top secret material on it in the car, open with no code on it, and just left it there. Anybody could walk up and click it and look through it. I didn't get any trouble for it. That's Sean and I. We'd still be in jail <laughs> ten years later. <laughs> yeah, anyway, hundred percent. So wait, who's winning? Who's winning this? Oh, you can't tell us that. Never mind. You can't tell us who wins. Uh, well, you can't tell us who wins. You got to read and find out, people. That's part of the book. Yeah, you got to read and find out. You mean in it a depend, real world? It depends on the story. It depends on it the does. story too. It does. Mm. Yeah. Well, no, guys, because. <sighs> I mean, if America decided to go to real war, no, China don't have a chance, but it's uh, not by themselves. With Russia's help, though, they stand a, a chance. But that's only if our allies don't get involved. Well, it's weird the way the world works. America and its allies control uh, 90 trillion of the 160 trillion economy. So they really do control the world. Uh, that's what controls it. You can do whatever you want with the militaries, uh, but right now that's what controls it. And in an all-out war, you have Europe over there you have to deal with before you even have to worry about America. And Europe ain't as little as people think of as military. And NATO's there as well. It's um, mm. I, I would prefer to see everybody get the, along and have a nice, mm. peaceful planet. China, if China would become a democracy, they would be the first world country in no time at all. Uh, we'd be chasing them all the time. But places, we would, it would be everybody be at peace. I mean, think about it. For a while there, we had the, the planet was the most peaceful that had ever been in its history. And then oh, we just can't keep it that way because somebody got to go blow something up. Well, I like to blow shit up too, but not when it's people and people. Come on. You know what I mean? Um, 
I don't know. We John will have to write about Lazinski after after all this plays out. It's still got a little ways to play out yet. Yeah, I did hear about his two yachts too, by the way. So say thank oh, you, America. Zelensky? Yeah, he got two yachts recently. Yeah, yeah that that tracks. Say thank you, America. He bought y'all bought him two yachts. Oh no, he's still using most of the money for the military, but you still did buy him two yachts. And probably bought him a girlfriend in America too. I don't I don't I don't make the rules, guys. Um so, so Sean's out there writing about these these red coats. Uh, that's what you said, red coats, man. I didn't say that. You said that. You mean you're talking about the Brits, man? Is that what you're talking about? The Brits red are China, probably. Red China it? is probably talking about. Yes, it's um. Well, I was just recently offered to go lecture in China for two years. For you two know, years? For two years, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, because they did, they did this tour. It starts, it starts and ends in Beijing. So you spend, uh, it's basically you spend a week, a week to two weeks, depending on the side of the city, and you do two lectures a week, and then uh, every four weeks they give you off two weeks to go see, visit. They'll even give you a, a tour guide at your disposal, so you don't get yourself in trouble. And uh, it's a two hundred fifty grand a year each year. It's um, but. Be in the geopolitical environment we're in, it might not be safe for an American to spend that much time. I told him, I said, I'd be happy with a year. I said, but two, I'm like, because I, I don't, I just, I don't trust the current political environment anywhere right now. And uh, and and once, and, and if Trump gets back in, things are going to change fast because Trump's not scared of Xi Jinping and he's not scared of Putin and he's not. You see when he told, he when he told uh, Kim Jong Un. You better calm down or you're going to die. And Kim Jong-un didn't come out for three years. His sister attended everything. <laughs> I mean, and then, What do you call him? Little Rocket Man or something? Oh, yeah. That's what you call him, Little Rocket Man. Then he's having dinner with she. They're at the White House having dinner, you know, a nice dinner. And while they're having dinner, Trump pops up a, a nuclear sub next to, I think it was Syria, launches 90 cruise missiles. <laughs> Just lays waste to everything, and then say, hey, "Mr. Xi, are you enjoying the dinner?" It was just to prove a point to him that look, at any time you could die. And then nine months later, she she was saying something, and then for the third, we've done this four times to China. Actually, uh, Trump ordered three nuclear ballistic subs to just pop up in different locations around the world next to China. China never knew they were there. They didn't even know they were there when they were sitting. Two of them were within 75 miles of China's coast. They never knew they were there. Until they America released it, China never China was gone, basically. They were wiped out off the planet. Those subs carry enough nuclear with multiple warheads to easily lay waste to China. So and then it was worse than that. Seven months after that, we rolled up an Agus cruiser next to their aircraft carrier and parked <laughs> alongside it. And they didn't know it was us. They thought it was one of their own. <laughs> I was I almost fell out of my chair laughing. I said, I can just see the president of China right now going, someone's gonna die over this. You know that, right? Someone's gonna die. You you just embarrassed us beyond belief. That that's as bad as the F twenty two parking underneath the Iranian F four phantom going. I think it's time for you to go home. I've been here for fifteen minutes. You ain't even known I was here. Maybe you should come. <laughs> And you got pilot, you got another pilot of this is filming the whole thing. It's Forbidden History, Grizzly Ghosts, Monstrous Cryptids, and Harrowing Folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. 
Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Havey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. People, you got to remember something about America. We've been at war basically for the last 50 years. Uh, we just take a little break just now, but our, our, most of our equipment is tried and true. It's been tested in the battle. And most of our people have been tested in battle. It's not a country you want to go to war with. And we don't like to lose. That's the other part. And we really don't like to lose. Uh, so I would just say, like like what, what the the uh, was it Hirohoda, whatever his name was, the admiral who Hirohoda. spoke to the yeah, who spoke to the jet and said, "I fear poking the <laughs> the dragon. <laughs> I fear waking the dragon." Is what he said. And when of course he woke us up and we went apeshit and started blowing stuff up around the planet. Because America doesn't again, America doesn't like to lose. And when you should learn, this United States people, you see what happened in nine eleven. Before nine eleven, we were on the verge of a of a little mini split because the country was just, it was so politically divided. It was, un- I mean, it was just disgusting. One, seven little buildings fall down and we spend the next 20 years blowing the shit out of stuff. 10 of those, we were in completely united as a country. We are so dangerous when we are united as a country. It's, it's just scary. Uh, when both sides get together, you need to just go hide somewhere in a hole and hope we don't find you or drop a Hades bomb on you or something. Um, it's, it's just one of those things, people. Well, no, Sean's writing about this stuff. See, I like that he had Taiwan in there right off the bat. See, I'm going to have to find out what he's talking about with Taiwan. Because well, Taiwan's a sore spot. Oh, that's what your next one should be about. To, you should you should say it. Lancing the, Lancing the boil of the Middle East. There you go. <laughs> honestly, the, the, I really think that the Middle East should be Lance. It's been a sore spot on the, the ass of the world for 6,000 years, man. Really, it's time to get rid of it. I say nuke the whole place. It'll turn into big green glass for 50 million, 50,000 miles in each direction. By the way, green glass is a solar glass, guys. It's, it's highly conductive, way better than regular glass. So you'd have free power for the next 10,000 years. Well, you don't have to kill anybody. Just tell them to leave. Say, look, leave or die. There's no option here. We're going to lay waste to your land. Go somewhere else or get melted. We don't really care either way. Yeah, then they go to Europe. That's the <laughs> that's right. That's like they did last time and caused all kind of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, see, that would be a good one too. Writing about uh, the invaders, as my friend likes to call them, all the immigrants. And I wish somebody would get a real number. I hear one million, two million, five million. Now we got now we got people coming in from Canada. No, not Canadians. Canadians don't want to live here, man. <laughs> don't fool yourself. <laughs> I mean, they they want to get rid of Trudeau, but they don't want to live here. <laughs> uh, they might go live with Sean. He's out there in Cali. Well, Sean's hoping y'all California people keep moving and it gets nice and clean. And you can breathe the air again and it's pretty. 
I actually, wait, you you live close to where do you live? I mean, you close to the coast or inland? Uh, an earthquake yeah, yeah. Land? I live in uh, East. You know, I live in Contra Costa County, which is in the San Francisco uh, oh, Bay Area, East Bay. San Francisco's oh, yeah. beautiful, but whacked out of their it, mind, but beautiful. It, it was it was beautiful, at least the city. It was beautiful. Now they yeah. have maps that that show like they have maps that show where all the feces is. Um I know we done shows in it. Had they put up the um the uh they were the um I heard them talking about putting up these porter bathrooms uh where you could just you know they were gonna put them on the street and they were gonna assign somebody to watch them. They were gonna pay them what seventy eight thousand dollars a year to watch to make sure that people didn't stay in the bathroom more than 15 minutes. <laughs> I was like, and what? what are they going to do when they stay in there for more than 15 minutes? I guess them. knock on the door and say, can you get out? <laughs> I don't know what uh, they're going to do. It was the dumbest thing yeah. I ever heard, but last time I had seen it, it was on a day, did a big TV show about what San Francisco was going to do to change. I do notice though, like with everything else, when the rich start getting affected, things start to change. Uh, I know when they got up in Nancy's Pelosi's house, uh, everybody got a little weirded mm-hmm. about it. But it's like, um, it's like when uh, Ron DeSantis and Governor Abbott from Texas decided to start sending the immigrants to New York and Chicago. All of a sudden, they started screaming, "We got to do something about this immigrant problem!" And it was so funny because uh, Adams the other day, the the, the mayor of, of New York, is going on about twenty five hundred. Uh, he needs a national guard because they got twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred immigrants. Governor Abbott says we have two hundred and fifty thousand, probably another two million that we don't even know are in the state. And yet we're not asking for the National Guard. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> it's And in Chicago, I mean, it costs, what's her name, Lily Lightfoot, her job because she couldn't do anything about it. Of course, that racist chick needed to go anyway. But mm-hmm. we could write a book about her. Mm, what, what not to do as a, go- a mayor. <laughs> How to get fired. <laughs> no, what not to do. Yeah, she uh, looked like Beetlejuice, right? She did. She was, she was freaky. And no, oh no, she was the one. She, uh, Jimmy, she's the one who said that she would only be interviewed by black women. <laughs> it wasn't just black people; it was just black women. Yes, I think she was a lesbian, actually. I, I, I don't know, hundred percent. You'd have to go look for yourself. Uh, oh, you want to do the army? <laughs> You're such an idiot. Nobody's writing a book about lesbians first the world. <laughs> what the hell, man? I'm sorry, guys. It just I, that just caught me off guard when I seen that dumb stuff. <laughs> oh Lord, <sighs> y'all have not had your breakfast or dinner or something tonight today. It's uh, no, he just told you he was married, Elizabeth. Yes, I bet his wife would kick your butt. And you start messing with him. Mm-hmm. He don't look. He looks like she. You better straighten up, boy. <laughs> uh, why you wonder how many kids he's got? He might have ten. He, he might be Elon Musk in disguise, as far as you know. I wish somebody'd write a book on Elon, but it's going to be a hard thing to do. And he's a he's a mean old bastard. So, no, don't get me wrong. I like Elon, but I mean, come on. He told his advertisers to what the other day. I can't even use that language on this show. Yeah, he used the f word on four occasions. And the head of Apple was sitting in the audience and he told him to go himself. Oh man. I was like, he, he's, he's got, oh, no, it's Disney, Disney. Oh, it was Disney. That's Disney right. Yeah. It was Disney. To go, that's right. to go F himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. It was Disney. Oh man. Bob Iger. Yep. Bob Iger. Yep. And you know, it's funny. They brought Bob Iger in to get rid of the crazy, the crazy chick they had before. Cause she, one son was 
a trans and the other son. Anyway, the others. But anyway, she was trying to replace all the people at Disney World with gay people, you know, trans people and stuff. And of course, I guess the regular attendees were like, what are you doing? No, it's not what we want to see for our kids. What the hell's going on here? And then they brought Bob Iger in because after that, everybody quit messing with Disney. They started tanking. And he's trying, but the Disney has to let go of the political correctness. If they want to survive as a company, like the NFL learned with with I ain't going to call him scumbag. Kaepernick was just, just you know, the man made a lot of money over that. I mean, come on. How much money did Nike give him? But it cost him. That's the funny part. Nike gave him a bunch of money, and Nike lost quite a bit of money because of him. Yeah, Nike. And then I love these companies. They're like, oh, no, he's, he did well for us. Yeah. But yet when you see the stats come out, you're like, oh, well, not so well, did he? No, he just, I don't know what he thought. And I'm going to tell you, like I told everybody else, I, I didn't care what you do what kind of aggressive you get in. Even if you're an NFL player, if you want to go out and protest and, and do that, do it. Don't do it on the field. I'm not paying money to watch it. If I wanted to watch politics, I would go turn on NBC or ABC or CBS or Fox or One World News or somebody or my own self. But I don't, I don't want to see that. That's for me to relax. Football is relaxing to me. Any Matter of fact, any of these, I mean, come on, even Doctor Who was getting a little stupidly with their kind of politically correct. Mm, what do you mean the new doctor? David Tennant's the new doctor. Yes, he is. He came back as the 14th time. <laughs> Only for three episodes. Yes, there's a black gentleman. I can't remember his name, but he's coming in afterwards. Uh, when I originally seen him, I looked him up. He looked like a pretty solid actor. As far as Wade goes, you mean the, the young lady who... She wasn't the problem. The writers were the problem. They just wrote poor stuff for her. Because when she did get a good episode, when she wrote a good episode, she was she did a good job, but... They started coming. They started off at Rosa Parks. Well, that was just such a bad. And and wait, how many times did they go America? Americans don't want to see Doctor Who in America. We really don't. We don't really care. You're Brit. We want to see you over there causing trouble. Stay out of our country. This is just a thing, people. I'm not explaining. No, we're gonna bring Sean on Wednesday because we're gonna talk about aliens. Maybe we can write him an alien book. Uh, what do you mean? Who's the famous, per- most famous writer of writers of the future? I don't know. Uh, you got Scott, who he who did Ender's Game. What's his name? Who did Dune? There's quite a few other big books. Um, Tim Powers, who is what? Uh, oh, yeah. Caribbean. Uh, yeah. There's there's some this yeah there's some big movies in there. So I don't I don't know. I mean, think about it. Dune. Dune's a classic. It's been remade what three four times now. Uh, yeah, and the guy. The matter of fact, the guy who is rewriting Dune is actually and the and the author or what's his son uh, Frank Herbert is that his son? I'm getting them confused yeah anyway. Frank Herbert is doing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and his son's something. actually yeah his son's actually uh, involved too no and there's actually bigger than ones than that and then some of the artists there are really big uh, they just and they make a lot of money mm-hmm. that's why you should be nice to them yes give me give me your money baby <laughs> donate to the donate to the cause uh, Sean said donate to the cause I'm with Sean donate to the damn cause. Uh, no, there's, there's a lot of fun people. And then, and then you have like, uh, Tim McCaffrey, McCaffrey, whose mom was pretty famous in her own right. Yeah, and McCaffrey. Yeah. And, and McCaffrey was pretty famous in her own right. And, uh, and some other people who, other, uh, judges who are associated with her, who wrote with her, uh, like Joni Lanai and uh, a few other people besides that. So, I mean, there's a lot of famous people. And then of course this Wesley Dean Smith, who has more books than God, um, uh, no, he's he's just like 
he reminds me of somebody else I know, Nick Redfern, who writes like nine to five, just writes. Yeah, he's got a lot of books, and he he owns his own publishing company. He he does he does the whole thing. He does the whole thing, from start to finish. He when he writes a book, he's he handles the whole part of the book. And yes, and when Sean gets stinking filthy rich, he can do that. But why do that? Hire some people and do that. No, don't give away your profit. Um, this question came in a little while ago, and I forgot. And uh, mm-hmm. Daryl Lynn wrote this, and she wanted to know because she's she's trying to get. She's she's tr- going to end up self-publishing, she says, but she's trying to get a publisher, and she's had some people say that they would, they would think about it, but they only want to give her what was it, five cents on the dollar, and she wanted to know if that was normal, or if that was low, or it or, depends on, it depends on whether like if it's an advance or if it's royalties or whatever. It depends on what the structure of the agreement is. If it's a short story. You know, if it's like 5,000 word short story or something like that, I think right now professional rates are at about eight cents a word. So eight cents a word is what you should be aiming for, for a short story, not for a book. Um, any, you know, anything less five cents is okay, but it's semi-pro rate. Nancy, you got that? Well, no, he knows. I don't know. I, don't, I am writing a book. I'm at uh, 67,000 words at the moment. That is day one, two, three, four. I'm four and a half days into this thing. This is an 11 day adventure we're writing about, or I'm writing about. When it's all done, it's going to be 150, 160,000 words easy. Then I'm going to take some candy and put it in a box and send it to a friend of mine at Writers of the Future named Emily and have her look at it and read it. She'll cuss me. Actually, Clara, to answer your question earlier, I, um, when you asked me who was my favorite friend at Writers of the Future, that would be John Goodwin. Oh, you, what are you talking? Oh, uh, girl wise. And I don't have no favorite friends that are girls because I like them all equally. You no, know, Emily's a good friend and, and I like Emily. I also like Jody, though. Uh, Joni, I'm sorry, not Jody. Joni is a beast. Yes, she is. She's, she's the beast woman. And I mean that in a good way, not in a bad way. But then Sarah's also a beast. She's one of the best salespeople I've ever seen. Um, yeah. No, there's a lot of good people over there. Chelsea's really good. They all they all have their specialty and they're all good at it. That's why I like them. They're all good at it. They're very professional. Frankly, I'm gonna be honest with you. How they do put up with some of the shit they do is beyond me. Because I'd be like, excuse me, what did you just say? Did I just not fly you from the other side of the freaking world? Leave me alone for a little while. Uh, no, really. That's why I can't. I, it's one of the reasons I don't teach. I've been asked a couple times when I teach things. I'm like, nope. I'm not that patient, people. That's why I do radio, because I can get fussy if I want to. Yeah, you know what? We might have to give Sean a show, put his ass on the air. Maybe we should let him host this one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, this show is weird. Uh, actually, this show is going to be – John Goodman's going to be hosting it sometimes. Uh, Jeffrey Pritchard's going to host it. it it's going to be set up for that. There's eight or ten people, and it's just going to rotate. Uh, and then Carmen's going to be doing some booking. And, of course, if, they, if the hosts want to book it themselves, they can. But – it's just we're doing this just to give authors and illustrators a place that they can debut stuff or talk about stuff or air problem like AI. We've been talking a little bit about AI because you know AI seems to be a problem. Look, guys, I've tried the AI and a couple of things for stories. Now, uh, Jeffrey Weiner is way better at it than I am because he's also an author and an illustrator. But if you notice the new UFO undercover banner, he made that for me on AI in 33 seconds. 
Yes. I would have had to pay somebody if I, if I didn't do it myself, a good chunk of money, probably two, three grand to have him do it. He did it on AI in 33 seconds. That's a problem because it costs nothing for anybody. Uh, and, but I don't own it because you can't own AI. It's not, not copyrightable. I mean, I could argue that I'm the one that developed it and used it, but still it's, it's not really, and neither are the books. Now I watched him do a, um, a comic book. So he described the artwork and he told him how, what the story was about. And this thing went in and read, wrote a, a, a nice, about a 40, almost a 50, 50 page story in a comic with all the little balloons and all the little artwork. And I got to say it, it was, if I, if I rated it on one to 10, I'd give it a six and a half, maybe a seven. I would say that maybe an advanced amateur had wrote it. But I noticed the more you push this AI, the more mistakes it starts to make. So what do you think? I mean, because what do you think, Sean? Are you going to start paying AI 25 cents a word and put your ass out of business? No, no. I mean, I mean that's the other thing about AI is the it's good that it's not copyrightable. Otherwise, you know, over time, it's going to put people out of business and you're not going to have any natural human stories anymore. Yeah, you might be able to have like, you know, people entertain themselves by asking AI to produce a story about themselves in a movie or something like that. But, uh, you know, I think we have to navigate this pretty carefully because pretty soon, I mean, you followed this whole Sam Altman thing, right? Yeah. Where, you you know, if if they start replacing lower level and mid-level white collar jobs, you're going to have you know, hundreds of millions of people who are suddenly unemployed. And that's yep. a problem. That's a big problem. So yeah, I, uh, I was talking with Wade from, uh, he's a, he's a, he works for the, there's a big company came down here a few years back, a gaming company actually. And uh, they decided they came in and they started off and they, they were going to hire uh, illustrators and authors, 10,000, I mean, 100, 110,000 years to start unless you had a lot of experience, but that's the start. And they were looking for tons of them. And uh, now I heard him the other day, his, his partner, whoever was speaking, he said, well, look, he said, we're going to do some cheating. He said, we're not going to lie. We're going to use AI for this and AI for that, but we're not letting anybody go. He said, because my, myself and my boss and, and, our, and our staff decided that AI needs to be supervised because it makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it's like the one the guy asked about the, um, he had him to make a dingo and a dog fighting the, the, um, no, a dingo and a, a kangaroo fight. The kangaroo ended up with five legs and three arms and an eye in the middle of its head. Okay, that's not a kangaroo that I've seen before. Well, man. you've seen like the recent <clears throat> like photos from the Israeli Gaza conflict. Like you saw a picture of like this poor child, right? It had six mm-hmm. fingers, right? So it's yeah. like you know clearly obvious AI stuff. There's also a case of a lawyer who used AI to research precedent case law and AI just made up a case. So he went to court citing a case that didn't exist. And I don't know if the guy got disbarred, but you know, I'm he sure probably he deserves to be disbarred. Yeah, yeah. You you, right now, AI can't be reliant. Well, people. So first thing, Oh, well, hello there. News on the flip side. First thing, first thing Google decides to do is ask AI, how do you save the world? And what does AI say? What was their exact answer? kill all the humans not kidding y'all that's what it said kill all the humans and the reason why is if you want to save the earth you got to get rid of us 
So the question should have been, it's how do you save mankind and the world? <laughs> how do you save the world? You got to watch what you ask AI. Remember, it's not human. It doesn't think like we do. So you got to be very pointed in the way you ask a question. Another instance. So they use AI for these drones. Well, they've been sending out drones on, they've been doing missions, you know, um, simulated missions where they send out the AI. It has a controller or a handler, they call it. And it sends out the, the drone and it does its thing. Well, on three occasions, the drone came back, killed the handler because the handler would not let the drone carry out its job the way it needed to. So then, and then it went and it completed its job after it killed the handler. That's not what we want, people. Let's just be honest. There's a lot of messed up stuff going on here that we got. And now we're going to start attaching these to F-35s and f 22 So the Navy and its infinite wisdoms decided to build jet jets. I mean, we're talking jets. They're almost the size of our regular jets. Uh, these are like F-35s with no cockpits, especially what they are. And uh, they can be flown. So they fly in tandem with the, the pilot. So the pilot has some control, but most of it is AI. And he can actually order those jets to go after whatever targets he tells it while he's engaging another target. Do you understand what that means for a, a foreign air force? I mean, what, one one pilot with his little drone setup can probably take on two flights of jets, especially since uh, F-35 can kill you before you see it. It's uh, Yes, y'all didn't know that, did you? Yeah, right now our planes can kill you before you see it. And I'm talking about kill you before you even see it with radar. Uh, by the time you know it's there, you're dead. They're, they're beastie aircraft. And we got a sixth gen coming out that's make, we got a sixth gen aircraft coming out that can go into space. So our new fighters, which look kind of badass, the images I've seen them can actually leave the atmosphere and come back in the atmosphere. So, so just to put this in perspective, they come out the atmosphere, they just cruise along the top of the atmosphere, just say, 30, 40, 100 miles, 500, and then they drop in. So when they drop in, they're doing Mach 20, Mach 30. There's no way you're going to shoot them down. Matter of fact, in order for them to, to – they can't even use missiles because they did. The missile would just hit the jet because it's going so fast. They can only use a, a dropped payload, and they have to be back on a swooped angle coming up. There's no way to shoot these things down. They're moving too fast. Uh, and then, of course, they can slow themselves back down to regular speed, or they can shoot themselves back into space – and you can't even catch them because no pilots can go into space but these. Nobody else on the planet has that kind of technology. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like watching Elon Musk with 230 successful landings. And he's reusing the same ones. Yet, if you take China, Russia, the United States, India, Britain, and I forgot what other space fan, oh, France, none of them have done this even successfully one time. China just said, Xi Jinping just said the other day, they're looking at a decade to be where Elon Musk is right now. And he's already passed where he was when, when she said this. He's, he's catching he, – he lands him, but it's better than that. He catches him now. You know, the, the spaceship he sent to Mars, it doesn't land. He catches it. I'm like, look at this bastard. Guys. And Microsoft said, thanks to Elon, your next phone won't be a phone. It'll be an implant in your head. I was like, nope. Yep, nope. Nope. That's when it stops. Genetic implanting shit in my head. Sorry. Look, I, they offered, I remember when they offered us the chip, if you want to get chip. Now, you know, today, everybody, a lot of people, my dogs are chips, so I can't say anything, but uh, they offer the chip your kid at birth now. And then they give the child, I think it's a 21 or 18 or 21, 
they give the child the option to have the chip taken out. But their doctors are saying because some of the places will be putting them, it might be impossible to take them out. The bone might grow over, something might grow over, it would do damage to take them out. So basically, they're basically just wanting to chip everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, people don't, don't mean, no, you look, so you know, I want you to understand this, you already know you're chipped. Anytime you have this with you, they know where you are. Better than that, if you have a chip credit card, they know where you are. So they have multiple ways to find this now. I used to get all upset and turn everything off on my phone, but I realized that this shit, my car's got GPS in it, and town's got GPS in it. Yes. Mm. I'm going to change my name to Sean Haslett. <laughs> that way, when they, they'll be like, well, he kind of looks like him. <laughs> We got to be careful, guys. I mean, they just caught Joe Biden and AT&T spying on like a third of the country. Yeah, the White House got busted for doing what? Listening to people's phone calls, reading their text messages. That's You can't do that without a warrant. No, you can't, people. That's private. Besides, half of the country is sexting. Do you, first off, half of these texts, do you really want to have to read them? I mean, really. I mean, some of the stuff that you know is being texted in there, and I'm not even talking about sexing. I'm just talking about just stupid stuff that's getting typed in there. No. The NSA's been collecting all this stuff for almost oh, a yeah. decade. Yeah, and that, yeah, there's a, there's a guy there's a guy named Tom Drake who was a whistleblower, and they tried to throw the book at him because there were two programs. There was one that didn't necessarily collect everything, and then there was one that collected everything. Mm-hmm. And the one that collected everything went out. They're still doing it. Like well, Snowden told everybody when he when he ran off to yeah. Russia, he said, "Guys, this is not going away." And um, one of my friends in, in in the government told me, "Well, I had learned about Echelon early on, but uh, Magic Lantern is is just a program. It's all this thing does is it listens to everything. It, it reads text, it listens to voice, but it doesn't do anything with it unless right. it hears a specific sentence or specific words." Then it, it, a flag goes up. But even on the first time the flag goes up, it usually doesn't report it. But if you do this two or three times, it's reported to either Homeland or the FBI. And don't think you won't hear at your door. And then you're wondering how in the hell could they even – how did they know what you were saying? Look, and, I have a YouTube channel, and you can actually see what it happens in the data. Like because they'll mention, they'll mention keywords, and you'll see like this big spike – in a place like there are times when I've inter- I've interviewed somebody. The name is Through a Glass Darkly with Sean. Um, if you want to look it up, but I interviewed a guy who used to work for MI6 and MI5, and he was like a, he has you know, he's a precog essentially. He would have precognitive dreams about terrorist attacks, and he would go to Scotland Yard and tell them about it, and then they would uh, be aware. So he saw the Lockerbie bombing, etc. But in one of my interviews, we were just talking about what the capabilities of their intelligence services were. And I'm not going to say it on air because you're going to get the same spike. But he he just said in like half a in one sentence one capability that they had, and I missed it. I completely missed it. it was so fast, but the data didn't miss it. Mm-hmm. You can see when people fall off. What percentage of the audience is on a particular discussion? And they'll fall off to like thirty percent by the end of the. Oh, we've, um, we 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 yeah. yeah well, we've had some weird stuff happen. I had Alfred Weber on one night. Alfred Weber was. Jimmy Carter's a science advisor, one of his science mm-hmm. advisors. And he asked me a question when he said, well, Joe, he said, you know, you run the largest UFO alien abduction organization in the world. He said, what about alien agendas? And I'm like, man, I, I really don't want to talk about that. And he's like, he's like, yeah, let's talk about it. So we started talking about it with 15 minutes into it. We both got kicked 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Again, we both got kicked again. 
Then we found out that they weren't just kicking us. We had 1.2 million listeners. They were kicking everybody. Everybody was getting dropped. And then the mm-hmm. people would come back. Of course, every time they came back, the audience got smaller and smaller and smaller. So then I'm like, okay. So then I'm like, well, look, we're just going to leave it go. So about six months passes. I'm at work, you know, in a contracting company. So uh, um, I had a, guy, a bunch of people. I had about 25 guys on a roof redoing a roof one day. And I'm sitting up there, you know, doing the roof. And I see this white SUV pull up with really dark tinted windows. Look way darker than what's legal around here. I'm like, what the hell is this? Some drug dealer? And I see this guy get out. He's in a gray, what looks like an Armani suit. I'm like, shit, who the hell is this? He unbuttons mm-hmm. this thing and he lifts his finger up. So he pulls his coat back over his 45 automatic so I could see it. And I said, okay. And I looked at the guys. I said, who pissed the feds off? I said, he's a fed. He's looking for somebody. So I'm pointing at guys, right? <laughs> who do you <laughs> want? And one of my friends pointed at me and the guys. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I ain't done nothing to twist the fence up. So I, I go down a ladder and my whole crew's wanting to come down with me. I'm like, y'all stay up here. No, we're coming down with you. These guys ain't going to mess with you. We'll toss them in a car and toss them in a canal. I'm like, no, guys, let me deal with this. I walk over there and he calls me, but he talks to me by name. He said, well, Mr. Montalvo, he said, we first off want to tell you that we appreciate what you do and, and we appreciate the amount of research you're putting out and we appreciate how it's helping our research is to, to do what they need to. He said, but we do not need you talking about alien agendas. And I looked up at him and I said, why not? So then he decides to tell me, well, you know, uh, we just noticed that your wife was at such and such doctor's office mm-hmm. and told me what she was wearing, told me what my son mm-hmm. was, told me who was in my house. And he said, you know, you do a lot of driving. You know, you could have an accident. Somebody could just run you off the road one day and that's the end of that. And uh, so he did, you know, it was one of those threats, like, and I, I've been threatened before, but threatening my family is different. And I was like, okay. I said, well, look, he said, no, I'm telling you. He said, cause they would break in on the phone line sometimes on wake up USA, the first show I ever hosted. They would actually come in. They wouldn't call in. They wouldn't, they weren't in part of the system. They would actually come in the phone line and ask questions. My producer would freak out every time he was, uh, it was, um, I forgot, it was at a, a Riverside, Iowa. It was an AM station out of Riverside, Iowa. 1690 Riverside, Iowa is what we were on. And they would just come into the system and start asking questions. They were, well, see, it, it was weird because you'd hear people in the background. They're like, well, look, we get, we stumped on this. We've been working on this for years. He said, I heard, I heard y'all were talking about it. And they'd just start asking serious questions. And then they were gone. And they would be back and gone. And then it, it made the show really popular, by the way, because people were like, mm-hmm. the feds in the damn show. Um, but it freaked, it scared me sometimes, man. I mean, cause it was freaky. And on a couple of occasions we, we were being followed around. We, we were harassed a few times. And then one night I got really pissed off about something. And I said, well, look, if you're going to just knock me off, knock me off. I said, you want to know this more than I am. I said, the only reason you're following us is to try to find out what we know. I said, don't, don't, how do I say? I said, don't be a coward. Pick up the phone and call me and ask me. I, I was honest. I said, I'll tell you anything you want, except for people's names. Because yeah, but they can't they can't let you know that they're interested. That's the that's that's the thing. And uh, and you know, there's a few times they they threatened us a couple times out. And then one night we're cruising along in the middle of nowhere in a deep in the swamp. There's nobody out there. It's two thirty one. Shouldn't be anybody out there. We're cruising. Ooh, about eighty five. I look up and there's a car catching up with me. Said, "I said I gotta slow down. Must be a cop because ain't nobody else gonna cruise up that fast." So I start slowing down, and this this white SUV is behind us. I'm like, I don't like the way this looks. And we're talking while we're driving. I said, well, you know, if it's one of the kind of guys they can hear us. I said, so I whispered over to Linda and told her what I was going to do. So I cut the wheel like I was going to cut down the street going to the casino. And as I did, I cut back real fast, and they couldn't catch it. They had to cut 
or they were going to lose control of their vehicle. So they went down. By the time they got back out, I was gone. I was disappeared. They weren't going to find me. So we pull up at the casino, right? We're third floor casino, our favorite park spot. We get out and look down, and he's. Mm-hmm. After that, I didn't. I didn't even run. From you got that anymore. cell phone, and you got GPS in the car, and you yep. got also credit you know, card. Yeah. It, it, it was just, you know, there was no, it was just, just, you'd have to, and there are times we we go where we call going dark, but even then, once, once they know, cause they're watching you, they just tag and, and go along. You never know what's on your car. Cause my, my, uh, center I had was old school. It didn't have anything on it. And, uh, we were out there, a friend of mine, a lawyer friend of mine who used to host these meetings at his office, he had all this soundproof stuff in his office with these machines. He plugged into the walls that made noises so people couldn't hear. So one day he gets outside with his wand, starts scanning my car. His thing's, he said, whoa, man, you bugged in at least two places. He pulls out these little things about yay big. Stuck yeah, you probably have there. like two or three different agencies that don't even know about then, each other doing, doing the same thing. I, I was like, I was like, and then it's weird because I, I took off about a year from, from not from research, but from the shows. I took off a year, but I still was doing research. As soon as I got back on the radio, so I talk about it again, shit starts popping up, things start saying, people parking out in front of the house. I'm like, uh, and I tell them, look. What pisses them off, though, is the way iCross data is set up. It's not on the internet. This, you can't get it. You can't hack it. You'd have to come into the house physically. And even if you could, this actually, and believe you not, this is on a five-inch floppy disk. In case you don't know these people, back way back in the old days, they, the floppy disks were five inches, and they were like this, square. We actually customize one for each person who has one of these computers, and each one has a specific disk. That's the only way they can be operated. And since the technology is not even available anymore, it's going to be hard to copy it. It works, though. It works. Um, oh, Thelma's saying you should do uh, – um, what are you doing? Where are you at? You're looking where? You're on Amazon looking for him? Yeah, just type in his name, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sean Sean Hazlett or Sean Patrick Hazlett. Because she was she was Just listening like to. She said she wants to go read the last one you wrote about Russia because she wants to. What do you want to talk him into? Not cons that's conspiracies. Oh, okay, no, no. She wants you to get into like um, the spy world. I guess is what she's trying to say. Intrigue and I don't know. Messing with spies is a risky business, girl. I already caught hell for talking about that Koresh guy. I got all kind of nasty remarks and letters wrote to me because I busted him out as being a government plant. I actually busted him as being a Stephen Greer plant. Look, we ain't going to talk about this long because we have Sean with us, but people. <laughs> 72, you don't captured 72 aliens. How many damn spaceships, every time they cross the portal, the spaceship falls out of the sky and we capture it? Really? How dumb do you think these aliens are? I mean, they've been coming here for at least 10,000 years. Every time they come here, every other time they come, they lose a ship. I would think they would have stopped coming or they would have retrieved their ship. Oh, wait. And then we shoot them down. I'm telling you now, if we're ever stupid enough to shoot an alien craft, we're going to regret it. Remember, these are the same ones that shut down all of our nuclear silos in six different places in two different countries in less than five minutes. And you want to go piss them off. I'm not thinking. And, and, and what got me about this, because the Koresh guy is going on and on about all this. And the pilots are all sitting next to him looking at him like, this guy is full of shit, man. So when they start talking to the pilots, they're going, well, could you shoot? He said, no, we, I mean, we don't have nothing fast enough. No missiles, no bullets, nothing. He said a hybrid sonic missile couldn't catch these guys. So I sent him, uh, I sent him just to help to prove the point. I sent him 
a video of STS-48. Okay, STS-48 is a shuttle mission, ladies and gentlemen. So in this shuttle mission, you see this. It looks NASA said it was a piece of ice, and it was floating like this, minding its business, and the shuttle's moving this way, the ice is moving this way. So I don't know how it came off the shuttle because the shuttle was going the opposite direction of the ice. But we ain't going to argue about it. So it's moving along. So it's just cruising along. It's moving. And all of a sudden, you look, and there's a beam of light comes up from And I'm serious, guys. There's no doubt what it is. It's a serious beam of light, and it's going straight for whatever this little thing is, and it's moving along, and all of a sudden, this thing just turns and darts away, and I mean, it darts away at serious speed. So NASA tried to say, oh, the the uh, we, we jetted, we had a, uh, they fired one of the retros, and that's what caused it to do. So in case y'all never watched shuttle missions, when they fire a retro, there's a flash. So you can see it when it fires. And there was no flash in there, so they didn't fire a retro. Plus, as it got further out, it changed course two more times. And they were too far from the shuttle. There's no doubt what it was. Uh, and it was some kind of craft. And we from it looked like it came from the heart facility uh, down in um, – um, no, not the Pine Gap facility in Australia. It looks like where the, the shot came from. Well – Reagan decided he wanted to build weapons that could shoot down big spacecraft. So, and apparently they did. Apparently, though, they're just not fast enough to get the damn spacecraft. I don't know, but it's it's worth. There's several. Uh, by the way, there's several uh, shuttle missions that are worth watching. And if you get really bored, there's several of the Apollo, Mercury, and Gemini's you'd like to listen to. There's one in the very first mission. You hear this guy saying, "What?" It, I mean, they had to bleep it because every other word was a curse word. He, something came up and pulled alongside his little craft and was just cruising along with him. He was talking about it. It got out on the air a couple of times. And then NASA, uh, then they started disguising them, calling them Santa Claus or reindeers and stuff like that. That was keywords. And then later, after something happened with one of the shuttle missions, NASA went to a seven-second delay. So if there was a problem, they could change it. Yeah, because there was a couple of things seen that you couldn't explain, and 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 even though Congress is looking for aliens, NASA still isn't, which confuses me. What is NASA's job to find aliens? Uh, they already found them, Joe. That's what we built them for. I'm mm-hmm. like Jesus, people, come on. Oh no, I've wrote many things about that. Nothing, Sean. We make a good conspiracist book like that. Well, I hate using the word conspiracy because it's not really what it is. Intrigue. If you can write about well, war, go ahead. I'm, I just finished writing one. I mean, I, I have to polish it a little bit. It'll be done by the end of the year. But I just wrote a book called Wormwood Down, and it's about a, a unit that does UFO crash retrievals. Oh, that could be good. I like that. And, we'll be talking about that next week for sure. And, well, I got I got the publisher's got to buy it but once it's done. But what the premise is is one of these craft crashes on the Russian Chinese or deep in uh, the far Russian Far East. And this team goes in to recover it, you know, U.S. team. And then, of course, the Chinese invade Russia, uh, you know, invade Siberia, essentially, to get to the craft, too. And then this team has to recover it and fight their way out of Russia. So that's the book. That'd be a good one, too. Uh, That'd be good. Nice intrigue in there. Oh, there's tons of intrigue in there. Mm. What do you mean, Harold? No, there's no... Let me add, so Harold, you remember when uh, our stupid spy plane got knocked out of the sky by the Chinese? Yeah, in 2001. Yeah, right? So you remember what we told the Chinese? Either give us our plane back or we're going to come get it and our pilots. Now, they did give us our plane back in a box, basically. But, <laughs> right, uh, after they took it apart. Right? Yeah, after they took it apart. But it didn't matter because all the crucial stuff had been killed. Well, we have um, 
all of America's top secret stuff has a charge built into it. You, you pull this thing out, you put the key, you turn it, and it, it kills the equipment. It just melts it inside of it, basically. And for about 30 years, we've been having that. I've actually seen it on in fighter jets, certain certain stuff that they're using. They don't want you to know about That's how to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't people, you know, we don't want people getting our technology. It's bad enough. Half of it's leak. I mean, come on, Russia shuttle looks mm-hmm. so much like ours. I was wondering if they just, we just sold them one. <laughs> And look at Chinese fighter jets. They yep. look like guys. They're just, they look like our older jets. Russia and China's top of the line jets look more like our, our F-18s do and F-14s, F-15s. They look more like that. Um, well, the FD, um, the, the 35, the S, what is it? S, the Sikorsky 35, or I forgot how you say it, but it's a badass jet. Sikoy? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's bad. It's Russia's got a bad jet there, but, um, they don't have the pilots like we got. And China said something which cracked me up because Russia said they're going to get away with all the aircraft carriers. They don't need them anymore. They're obsolete. And China started laughing. And uh, the, uh, and he, the, one of their admirals said, yeah, they're obsolete if you think so. He said, but just the pilots alone learning how to fly off a carrier makes them five times better a pilot than anybody else. Mm-hmm. He said, so I don't know how they can be obsolete. China's actually has, has paid America some homage lately in ways I thought was interesting, but... Uncle Cracker doesn't know what to do with it. And that's another thing. Come on, this guy, this, see, this, this should have been in your book, man. This should have happened before you wrote your book. Uncle Cracker goes, gets a big meeting with China, with Xi Jinping, having a big meeting with him. We love you now, Xi. We're going to be friends. And gets up at the meeting and calls him a fucking dictator. <laughs> and then the next day calls him yep. a dictator again. I'm like, well, yep. well, you know, whatever meeting that was is blowing the crap. Well, he is a dictator, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not saying he's not, but I mean, when the man flies across the planet to try to to try to ease the tensions between the two most powerful places on the planet, you don't go around calling him a dictator uh, unless it's in private. Well, Gavin Newsom did clean San Francisco up for. for yeah, June, I heard that. Right? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. yeah, I heard he cleaned it all up nice and pretty. He didn't want she to see how nasty it was, which tells mm-hmm. you right there that they're completely functionally aware of what's going on, but they don't care unless it's somebody important. That's right. Uh, I don't know, people. Look, I haven't been to San Francisco in 20 years, but last time I was there, the place was beautiful. Was 20 years ago, it people, was. People were friendly. Food was good. There was lots of entertainment, lots of things to do. Um, what is that, Ronnie? No, I've been on, yeah, I've driven Highway Run from right below San Diego up to, Jesus, way the hell up the, the coast. Way to hell up the coast. I'm talking hours up the coast. Yeah. Well, I think it runs the whole, almost the whole length of the state. Not, maybe not the whole length. It runs good two thirds of the state. It just runs along the coast, meanders along through the mountain, down the thing, runs all over the damn place. Just like we have ones that run along the beaches down here, Highway 90. That's the same thing. They just they run across five states, actually. But they just run along the coastal areas and through the sides of the cities. And that's what they're for. Yeah. Um, who? No, he just was telling you about the alien one just now, the one with the UFO. So you, yeah, Xi Jinping is probably is an alien. Um, I, I don't, I don't. That's a question for the news show. But as far as if, if she would actually invade Taiwan, it would really depend on a couple of things. One, the first most important thing would depend on is who is president of this country. No, he wouldn't do it if Donald Trump was president because Donald Trump would go over there and start a war because we've already pledged ourselves to defend Taiwan. 
We already have. The last mm-hmm. seven presidents have, but or last six presidents have. But the problem is, I don't know if Uncle Cracker would do it for real or not. He's Uncle Cracker. This guy, y'all don't even realize how racist this guy is when he's young. Oh, yeah, man. He voted for all kinds. He was Jim Crow. He voted for it. He voted for a lot of things as anti-black, but, you know, people forget. It's one of them things. One of the nice things about the world is right now you can still find a lot of things. I mean, they try to scrub the internet every once in a while, but it's hard to do because people have backup copies now and just repost it again. So it is. Uh, Where? Where you live in San Francisco? It's uh, Contra Costa County, yeah. East Bay. No, it's uh, Arena. So you live, so you live on the opposite side. He does. Okay. All right. Well, I don't look. I don't know. I know Jack about San Francisco people. I know the Golden Gate Bridges. That's about. Well, <laughs> I know there's good food in and nice people. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Ever since, ever since you know the humble Lord woman moved there, uh, Nancy Pelosi. I'm not sure, but. Man, I wish I could write a book about Nancy Pelosi, but I want to live another 10 or 20 years. <laughs> it's like writing one about Hillary. Yeah, there's been people who wrote books about Hillary. And for some reason or another, they end, either end up dead or the book ends up making Hillary look good at the very end. Like, oh, it wasn't her fault. It was all these other evil people out there in the world. Um, that was, that was, yeah, that's, y'all, y'all think we're doing news tonight or something? Oh, oh, I know why y'all are because of banners in the background. That's why. <laughs> all right that makes sense now okay i don't know how that yeah, yeah. we'll have to change that out uh um, i'll be careful joe about talking about hillary because she might deprogram I you about, i ain't talking about hillary yeah i, I love hillary. i worship the hillary i worship at the hillary altar yes i worship you hillary. i always wondered like if, if you had a good journalist that would have been interviewing her that day then like the most obvious follow-up question would be you want to deprogram what does that mean can you explain ex- exactly how that would know. Yeah, work? Yeah, because they were chicken that ass. That's what the problem was. Nobody was yeah, how would that work? Ass. Yeah, how would that work? Talk, talk me through it. Talk me through how you would do that. Carolyn, you're talking about Benghazi, Carolyn. Look, it doesn't matter. All it, Hillary has gotten away with things that you and I can't get away with. Let me put it this way. Just what happened with Trump and the election stuff, just falsifying data to change the outcome of election, that's 25 years. Did you see her getting any trouble? They, they stayed on Trump for three years over this. Then they found out Hillary did it on purpose. And then they found that the FBI was actually her, helping her along with Comey and nobody got in any trouble. Now, everybody in the FBI retired so they wouldn't go to prison, but they should have went to prison. Yeah, because the FBI came right back and did this. And, and look, FBI people, and I always like to say this because I hate to hate on people in the FBI. It's not the people who work the offices. It's not the people working the fields. It's eight or ten people at the top that have control that work for the DOJ. Uh, that's what the problem is. It's not your everyday FBI agent. He's he or she is just doing her damn job like everybody else on the planet. They're there to help and save and keep America safe. It's unfortunately that they've been well politicized. It is now that would be a good book. Politi- politicalization. No, we better not go there either. Damn, it's called a history book. Yeah, I'm trying to get Sean bumped off. And well, I'm talking about correct history <laughs> book, not a fake history book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just the history. All you, that's yeah. all you just have to tell the truth, and you you, you wouldn't need to write fiction. Well, it's like, well, no, some of us would make good movies, not but not until these players are all dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no people. Uh, well, I, I know Behomeneve Grove is in California. I don't remember where. 
Uh, and it's, it's not. Up, it's up in. It's it's up in. Uh, kind of north of Sausalito, yeah. in the North Bay. And it's not men only anymore, from what I hear. I'm never going. I never want to go there. I don't want to spy on them. I don't. I don't care what they do there, as long as there's no baby children involved. I don't care what they do, and I don't want to know. These these are the elite that go hide themselves in the wood for what two weeks with nobody around but servants. No, I don't want to know what goes on there. That's like Epstein Island on steroids. I, I just don't want to know. As a journalist, I should. But as somebody who wants to live longer, no. <laughs> Let me put it this way. I cannot even tell you how many reporters poking around that place, especially in the early days, who just disappeared. They found one. Oh, he slipped down off the mountain and was crumbled. They found one eaten by a bear. But the funny part was it looked like he'd been hacked up and fed to the bear. Uh, no, people, you don't. You don't mess. These are the most rich and most powerful people, not just in our country, but in the world. You just don't mess with these kind of people. No, because they have the means to make you disappear, and and nobody will care. I'm just, I'm just warning. Is all I'm saying. You want to go out there and poke around? Go ahead. It's like poking the bear. Go ahead. I'm not poking the bear. I'll poke the alien, mind you, but I ain't poking a bear. And uh, because it's. I'm more likely to die from someone in my own government than from an extraterrestrial. Let's just be honest about it. Mm-hmm. I've been warned more than once, people. I've been warned. I haven't. I have never been flagged. On, I've been sanctioned on politics, but I've never been flagged on politics. Sanction just means that I, I got really close to breaching my um, class ten security clearance. That's all. Talking about things like EMP shielding, I got they got really nasty one day because I said that the F fourteen, the F eighteen had EMP shielding. Um, I told them I wasn't going to stop talking about it because I knew the Russians and Chinese knew about it. So why bother? I said, if they find it out for me, y'all some sad SOVs. <laughs> but there's other things I've said that, you know, talk about. Partic- what bothers me is, is um, I mean, I, I've been in the service in 30, shit, almost 40 years. And um, still a lot of stuff I was involved with is still classified. Things and you know that and the really best part about it is is the Nimitz is being scrapped and it's still classified. So because we were talking about old salty, which is the reactor room, which which is the reactor, mm-hmm. and uh, we got flagged on that. You can't talk about that, Joe. I'm, I'm like, dude, the reactor's thirty years old. Never even. No, you can't talk about that. You can't talk about how spin cycles work or any of that. I'm like, no problem. And 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 whoever wrote that, no, I was not a physicist. I was a, I was advanced avionics electronics. I got promoted to lieutenant while I was in. I was started. I started as enlisted, and got a um, field commission to lieutenant. Well, actually, I got lieutenant JG first. Mm-hmm. I don't know because generally you got to go through a bunch of BS to go from rank to rank to rank to rank to rank to rank, and the higher the rank, the harder it is to be. You got to go in front of boards and all kind of stuff, answer questions. You got to really have your shit together if you want to go way up in, in the chain. I never was planning on being an officer. I planned on being a, a, a grunt. I liked being the grunt. I had fun. And then they made me have to be responsible. That's <laughs> like this bullshit. Who wants to be responsible, man? How come I was 18? Come on. Uh, who, you know, give me a break. It's hard no. enough to be respons- responsible for yourself. And I know. Then you have like, you know, 16 knuckleheads doing all sorts of crazy stuff that you're you know, responsible it's, it's for. So, it's so strange because so many of the guys I met when I was on duty after a year or two when they went home to see their girlfriend or their loved ones, it, 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 they all pretty much said the same. It didn't feel the same. It was like 
was almost like they outgrew them. Uh, because you do grow up. I mean, these are dangerous jobs. Your your things mm-hmm. become really safe. I mean, you can still be stupid and crazy when you're off duty, but when you're on duty, things can really get hairy really fast. And um, so it does change the way you look at the world and the way you think about people. I know when I came back and met my girlfriend, I was kind of like, and she just seemed smaller, I guess. I, I, it's hard to explain, but and we tried for about a year, but it just it just was it just wasn't going to work. She just she was still the same person she was when I left. I just wasn't. You know, she was still the goofy girl I, I dated, but I wasn't. I was somebody else. That's just the way it is. Twenty one kids, damn, Sean. Twenty one kids, God, dude, put a cork in it, man. I'm just saying. Twenty one. Jean, she's using Jean Paris' name on her on her on her messenger thing. And she said, I, I, I read that he's got 21 kids. I don't even think he's old enough to have 21 kids. I mean, well, really, it's, it's it's possible if I had more than one wife. Sure. <laughs> sure, that's possible. Uh, I, 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 he don't look I, he don't like the kind of guy who marries a wife that likes to share either. Yeah. Who's mine? No, mine would never share. She'd smack somebody outside the freaking head. Nope, she's not the Sharon type. I I do tell all the time. She said, "No, nah, I because you know." I said, "Well, I'm old, but people offer to be my sugar mom from time." They said, "Well, they can afford us, baby." <laughs> <laughs> and when she means can they afford us, she means it for sure. She's not talking about jump change here. Oh man. Um, no, actually, this is not the usual time for this show. Uh, it's three to five. Well, I wanted to talk to Sean. I missed I missed him on, on Wednesday, and I wanted to catch up with him tonight. I just hadn't seen him. And we're going to have him back. Did, did, can't, did he has you next Wednesday or the Wednesday after? Um, uh, he hasn't arranged it yet, but no, he's we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll he's figure made, it out. I want some of that stuff he's smoking out there in Cali, man. Damn. Uh, Cal, I, what are you talking about? Look, people, I don't want to – look, I, you want me to tell you all something? I know you want me to tell you how I know Cali weed's good? And I ain't even smoked any. Let me tell you how I know. So last year, myself and Larry Elmore and Tom Wood and a couple of others, April Solomon and a few others, all decided we we're going to walk over to Arthur Services and take some pictures with all the stuff they had set up in front of it. So we leave the Lowe's Hotel. We make the first corner. By the time we got to the middle of the street, I was already red-eyed. By the time we got to the corner, I was catching a bus. When we made the corner, headed to the place, by the time all of us was stoned by the time we got to Freddy. <laughs> I'm kidding y'all, man. There is so many people smoking so much dope in Hollywood that it's not even funny. I mean, no, I have nothing against it. I'm not anti any of that. It was just kind of funny because one of the guys with us, he wanted to go get some edibles because he never tried them before. And I was like, dude, be careful with them edibles. <laughs> Everybody makes the same mistake. Oh, they eat one. Oh, I ain't got no buzz. They eat another one. Oh, I got a little buzz. They eat another. All of a sudden, they're like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> on acid or something. Oh man. I'm just warning y'all people. I don't know nothing about any of that stuff. I'm an angel. Oh no. I'm angelic like is the saying. Oh, you seen that Badoose? It's right here. Oh well, let me get back. Yes. You can only see that if you're on Roku and you have high def 4K TV. There is a little here. Let me show y'all. Because nobody's gonna believe me, see. It's right there, this little eyeball. And it's right there. And since you wrote that and showed me that, I'm going to give you uh, your boy's lightsaber tonight. So send me your, your information to my iCar email address. ICA or Cox, not yet. You'll get, um, I keep wanting to say Kylo Ren, but you'll get um, Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber. 
Mm-hmm. Send the information. I'll send it to Mark, and he'll probably have it to you within a week. It'll be there before Christmas, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, um, we get them. We we can go right up until four days before Christmas and get them there still on Christmas. Yeah. No, if you're a host or a member of the station or a guest, you can't get a lights. <laughs> so a good friend of mine who's a guest, right? He said, "Well, I'm gonna have my wife calling. You don't even know who she is." I said, I'll know when the address comes up, though, won't I? He's like, damn, I'm sitting sitting in my mom's address. Well, they're not easy to win. There's a lot of people that comes on to win. Well, I'll tell you what I will do, because I don't don't have any of Sean's books, so um, I will talk with, um, I forgot who does our book thing right now. I will talk with Ronnie and see if they will pick up a couple. And what we'll do is, is um, later on in the month when we give out a lightsaber, because, you know, we usually give out a book when we give out a lightsaber. Last year, we gave away a lot of, um, <coughs> last year, we gave away a lot of books, 2,000 books last year, over 2,000 books last year. Now, we gave away 200 Writers of the Futures, um, three different types, and then we gave away uh, Mission Earth, and um, what was the other one somewhere? Fear. We gave away a bunch of fears, too. Mm-hmm. And then we have other authors. <coughs> <clears throat> like non-human by Gary Hassel. This is a good book. Um, this is my autograph copy. Whatever you see up here is probably autographed, so it's not going to be given away. But does when you look to the side, there's lots of other stuff over there. Um, yes, and I know y'all heard about the L. Ron Hubbard books, the hardbacks. That's for sure that John and I are doing in the near future. Maybe after I get the whole set, and maybe after the show is finished, I might give them off or I might auction them off. And on another side note, we're going to have a contest here probably – after Christmas, uh, we're going to bring on four of the top dragon illustrators, including the guy who illustrates for Dungeons and Dragons on against four students who won with dragons in the last two years and see who's actually the dragon master. And Denise, uh, Larry Elmore is the one who does the dragons for Dungeon and Dragon. Yes, he is. He's quite famous, actually. And he is a character and a half. I love to. Now I have to get him on when Sean's on with me. We'll, we'll all get put in jail, probably. <laughs> you know, he was uh, he was an armor too. He was stationed at Fort Knox. Oh, was he? He I didn't to, know that. Oh, yeah, I he did. So. I remember telling. No, you're right. I remember telling about Fort Knox. I, I, now, when you said Fort Knox, I remembered it. Yeah, he like, used to draw. He used to draw all the. Uh, they used to call it Tassi. I don't know what that means anymore, but he, uh, you know, he would do a lot of the illustrations for the army. For different yeah. weapon systems, like yeah, but y'all can just look him up, guys. He's talented. Yeah, he's. he's but no, we're, it's something we're going to be doing in the near future. We'll probably donate to St. Jude or something. We'll probably auction off everything. But um, well, these guys are serious illustrators. Um, Tom Wood does a lot of illustration for the NFL. Um, Illinois, he does it for quite a few other companies, and so does. Larry does it for everybody and their mama, but nowadays he's just doing it for the sake of doing it. And he's, he's got some pretty good artwork out there. Echo, uh, Echo turn, turn, is uh very talented as well. But anyway, there's going to be four masters. Uh, and when I say masters, these are people who are making big money and have been in the art for more than 30 years, just to give you a heads up. And then we're going to bring in the girls or the boys, whoever they may be. It's probably going to be two girls, two guys. Uh, for the people who want it, right, of the future, and see if they can beat the masters out right now. In case y'all didn't know, Tom Wood did the dragon for last year's book, which is I think right here. Let me see. Yes, this is the one he did. 
Well, damn, I'm breaking stuff all over the place. This is the one he did last year. That one right there. And uh, so that's the dragon from book 39. I don't know who's doing the cover for book 40. I haven't heard. Uh, oh, see, if you look. Oh, and then this. Also, this. Well, if, um, Sean don't need this. But for the rest of you people, y'all probably need this. How to Write a Howling Good Story by Wolf Moon. Uh, so y'all can get that. And we'll be giving this. We gave away one copy the other day. We're going to give away another copy. This one, unfortunately, is my autographed copy, so I don't get to give it away. And, uh, whoops. Something fell out of it. And uh, what do you mean what we're going to do for authors if we're going to do something for illustrators? Well, it's going to be hard to have a contest with an author. I guess what we could do is whoever wins the dragon thing, we could have four authors coming in and compete for the story for the dragon. I don't know. I mean, it, if y'all think of a better idea, tell me. If you guys Sean thinks of any, it doesn't matter. Uh, this is more about getting getting this into the public. I'm big into literacy. I want to see people writing. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love illustrations, but I really want to see people writing because I like showing stories. Some of these may go to movies one day, or they might take the 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 um, the group of stories and make them into one movie. Uh, kind of work them together. Well, anthologies can be done like that unless they're unless they're really far apart. I mean, sometimes the stories are too far apart, but sometimes they're written close enough that you can you can do some finagling here and there. Well, no, it's it's just, but that's the point of writers of the future. Is they're the guys who are actually going to have the pros out there who's going to probably be making the next big books, the next big sci-fi movies, the next big fantasy movies. What do you mean? They don't do that kind of stuff at Writers of the Future. No, it's fantasy and sci-fi and steampunk and stuff like that. It's not uh, It's not how you better your hair, dude. No, I'm sorry. It's not, just not how that works. PG-13, people, not PG-17. Yes, writersoffuture.com. You can go over there and take the course. Uh, if you're really good, you can hook up with Wolf Moon. Let me tell you something. Though, what, I, what I've noticed with most of these authors, they have enough friends in the fields uh, that they can they can critique each other's works. Uh, so, you know, get involved with a writer's group somewhere. And, of course, there's always Kickstarter. Wolf just made $25,000 off of Kickstarter to get his new book out. Yeah. So, yeah, Kickstarter is a way to get your book out there and make money. You can pre-sell them. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. It depends how many followers you got, I guess. Or how many people stumble across the page or where you can advertise the pages at. Yep, there is Kickstarter. But we got to get out of here. Sean Push, Sean been here all night with us. His wife's probably saying, will you get the pick off the TV already, dude? <laughs> Say, God, we got things we got to do. You know, Christmas is like just two weeks away. Um, who, me? No. My wife and my mom used to tell me all the time I should have been born a girl the way I like to shop. Oh, hell yeah. If I got money, I like to shop. Shh. I'm detrimental when I got big money in the bank. Yeah. Right now I'm poor. So contractors, sometimes I have a lot of money. Sometimes I don't. It just depends. Mm -hmm. COVID cost me, COVID and Joe Biden have cost me almost $225,000 uh, out of my savings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when you, that's all you got in your savings, it's kind of rough. Uh, no, nah, it's just nobody wants to do any work. It's tight. Everybody's everybody's cranky and everybody's worried we're going to get into a big war. Um, nothing seems to be moving. But then every time I hear Joe Biden on, him, economy's the best it's been in a hundred years. 
I'm like, wait, what country? Do we live in different countries, man? Come on. I mean, just the other day, I was, I was bitching because eggs were $3.34. I'm like, eggs? So, you know, since I live in a country, I went to weigh eggs 99 cents, but still. A gas down here finally dropped down to about two twenty nine, and then Joe Biden was touting that. Well, you know what it was when Donald Trump was president, guys? It was 119 down here. 119. Eggs were 99 cents, bread was $1.50, and milk was $1.50. That's all doubled or tripled since the, the white boy got in office. Well, y'all used to call Donald the orange guy, so I'm calling Joe the white guy. I'm just saying. Anyway, we got to go. Um, Sean, tell them what, any good parting words, where they can find you, how you love them, how they love you. Yeah, so check out my YouTube channel. It's called Through a Glass Darkly with Sean, I, where I cover where the paranormal meets military science fiction and fact. You can find my three anthologies. So there's Weird World War Three. Weird World War Four and Weird World War China on Amazon or anywhere else books are sold. And then I have uh, my website is www.seanpatrickhazlett.com. So get over there and visit him. Well, no, we're going to have this is a new show, so we don't know what kind of tension we're getting out of this show. But he'll be on with me Wednesday, which is a much larger show. Um, no, we just, well, I'll let y'all know. It might be this Wednesday, maybe no, be one of these Wednesdays, okay? That's, that's between him and Carmen. They do that stuff. Well, no, I got y'all don't know who Carmen is, so I don't even worry about it. And I couldn't explain y'all to Carmen. <laughs> Carmen is just Carmen is a friend who does he he works for Writers of the Future or got one of them over there, and he does guest acquisitions and promotions and stuff like that for them and for us. Yes, Carmen's great. Carmen's yeah, great uh, John Goodwin allows me to borrow him, basically. Yeah, mm -hmm. John's a good friend of mine. John and I get along great. Mm -hmm. Nah, John's fun. He's never had to deal with anybody like me either. He's probably like, God, this guy's getting nuts, man. When, when I, you know, you can tell when I show up at Writers of the Future because the whole crowd changes, man. <laughs> I, I'm just, I tear everybody's ass up. Oh, because everybody, everybody treats me great. I, uh, I've actually, I notice now when I see them, I've actually missed them the last two years. So that uh, they're really good people. Uh, Y'all can say whatever you want to say about, about people, but they're always treating me really well. They've never asked me to do anything I didn't want to do or get involved in anything I didn't want to do. And uh, they're very professional with all the winners and the judges. Yeah, because I get that. Yeah. 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 First class that. operation. First class. Mm -hmm. Well, no, they're, they, they, um, for books of millions and for Barnes and Nobles, I think it's 500 signed copies. They each buy at the beginning. They actually buy more than that, but I think that's what they sent them in the beginning is 500 signed copies to sell. Plus, well, yeah, because they're interested. The books are good. They're fun. Actually, these books are really good, right, for the holidays. These are perfect books for the holidays because the stories are non-offensive. Uh, it's a good time to be reading them. You can sit down and enjoy the book. There's 12, well, actually, sometimes more than 12 stories in a book. There might be 14. Uh, or you can buy the set like behind me. It's $125. It's normally 180 uh, yeah, you get if you buy it through our website, you save sixty dollars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So go buy it. You know, it's funny about it. If you want, you can buy it and just give you each get rid of the box and give everybody else. A, uh, of course, the box is cute, but you just give everybody a book. What you What do you mean? Can I get you discounts? No, that you. I'm just. What did I just tell you? Saving sixty dollars. I just got you a discount. What the hell are you <laughs> talking about? Get you a discount. Oh man. Y'all better buy some or Maliva's going to hurt me when she sees me, man. 
She's tough, but we got to go, guys. It's We're already late. We, we had to make a little time because we started late, but we're going to get out of here. Uh, y'all be sure to go check out Sean's work, see what he's up to. Um, we'll be back. We'll, we'll have him back soon. We'll be talking a little bit more in depth about some other stuff. But tonight was just perusing. I hadn't seen him in a while. I like hanging out. He's fun to chat with. He's almost as crazy as I am. If, if, if I ever get Chris and him and I together, we'll end up in jail for sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. Somebody's wife will have to come bail us out. <laughs> Oh, it was it's definitely no, really, I, no, no. I like I, I, I still like I, I enjoy life. Look, life is this life is this long, mm-hmm. and I've lived about this much of it, so I want to enjoy the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, on that note, we got to go. I hope everyone enjoyed the Arthur's Quill. It's a new, new, new thing. Don't forget to see on three, three to five on Saturdays. Every Saturday we hit three to five. You won't always see me as author. Sometimes John Goodman will be here. Sometimes Jeffrey Pritchard will be here. Sometimes Jack will be here. Maybe a, few, a couple of females. We might talk in some people like Sean to come by. Um, so, you know, it's it's just different hosts doing, doing different things, talking different stories. I know Jeffrey's talking about bringing some uh, Bigfoot people on board he wants to talk with because he's written two Bigfoot books. So, well, no, we have five authors on the network, four authors on the network, and uh, they all want to be hosts, and we're planning on bringing more on. Um, no, why authors make good hosts? I just told you, especially authors, when they when they break thirty, they break about thirty four, thirty five. Going up after that, they 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 they're good. They're they're way more open. They're way easier to chat. They're way more talkative. Uh, when they're younger, they're not. It flip flops with inverts and experts, but uh, no, it's just part of the business. What's the oldest they, writer? Okay, plus they have more experience talking to people and, they and living life, right? Yeah, it's true. It does make a difference. Uh, the oldest writer I ever met was at Writers of Future. I think he was 70, 69 or 70, yeah. And there were a couple of them there in 60. There's a lot of ages. And that's it spans a lot of groups. The, uh, the youngest one I met out there was 15. Yeah. But I think she was an illustrator. I don't think she was a uh, – she came from Spain too. Yeah so, yeah, so if you're listening around the world, which I don't know how many sh- countries listen to this show yet um, – it doesn't matter what part of the world you're in, except for maybe communist country. But other than that, they brought people from China, so um, you can come if you win. And they will. They have no qualms. They they flew blue eyes in from Australia. I mean, Australia is for the freaking farthest place you can get from L.A. It's completely on the other side of the planet. Uh, it's at the bottom of the planet on the other side of the planet, and they flew them up no problem. And they even helped to get your family up to come see you. So it's a different. It's a. It's 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 just different. But anyway, on that note, we got to go and thank everyone for tuning in to United Public Radio and the Authors Quill. Any moans, groans, bitches, and complaints, write to Michelle DeRoche because that's her headache, not mine. Uh, you mean if you're going to bitch about me? Yeah, still write to Michelle. She's the boss. I keep telling you, I'm the owner. She's the boss. That's how that works. She's in charge of everything on this network. I'm just here to work. Yeah, I am. Uh, anyway, on that note, good night, and we'll see y'all. Well, I guess I will see y'all. What is it, Saturday? I will see you on Wednesday, so stay tuned to see who's the craziest person on the network. Good night, everybody. Oh, wait, let me see. Oh, Lordy. <laughs>